Welcome to Horse Happenings with myself, Lindsay Partridge. In this episode, we're gonna go over some tips and tricks for buying horses, some things to consider. I'm gonna share with you guys some real life examples of things that have happened to me and uh, hopefully give you some valuable insights into getting a horse, whether you're looking for a new horse or maybe one in the future, and uh, or you maybe you know somebody looking for a horse and you wanna give them some advice. So let's get into it, starting with the triangle that you wanna think about when you're looking for a horse, which is health, trainability, and price. The saying goes that you can only have two things out of the triangle and you have to be willing to compromise on the third. So for example, you might find the most perfect horse that is trained exactly how you want them to be, their health is exactly how you want it to be, but then that means their price is probably not gonna be where you want it to be. It's probably gonna be pretty darn high. Or you might have a horse that's priced where you want it to be. They might be trained how you want them to be trained, but then they're probably gonna have some type of health issue. Or you might have a really healthy horse and a really reasonably priced horse, but then it's probably not trained how you want them to be. And that's how the saying goes. You get to have two out of the three. And where that matters is you have to decide what is most important to you on that triangle. Is it price? Is it health? Is it trainability? Where are your priorities at? What do you need? And what do you actually need? Because there's lots of people who are looking for a horse to just trail ride or pleasure ride or do some local schooling shows, maybe jump up to two feet or so. And in that case, there are a lot of horses out there that might have some little health issues and still be very capable of doing those types of disciplines or doing those goals and be suitable for that. So we don't want to discount horses that have some health issues or have like a club foot or something like that, or maybe they need front shoes, whatever it is, that is not the end of the world and maybe that's something to consider so that way you can have the other two things on your triangle that you need. The second thing to know is that there are no guarantees, no guarantees whatsoever. So you might buy a horse that you have completely vet checked, 100% healthy, everything's all right, and then something might happen and that horse might not make it or have issues. And there's lots of examples I can think of where that's happened uh, to me or to students and uh, you just don't know. So I wanna share with you guys some real life examples of horses that I've sold or horses that I've purchased or that students have purchased that how this kind of triangle works. The first one I want to share with you is when I was buying a horse for my little two-year-old daughter, Evelyn, it was time for her to get her first pony. And because I 
it's my two-year-old daughter and I don't know if she is actually going to take up horses and like horses. I didn't want to spend an arm and a leg on a pony because I don't know if she's going to be Western. I don't know if she's going to do English and want to jump. I just knew that I wanted something safe. So I decided that I didn't want to spend, you know, $10,000 on a pony. And also that trainability was the most important thing. I wanted safe, safe. And did I mention I want safe? And that was really the most important thing. Slow, safe. So that meant I was willing to compromise on health for the sake of the other two. And the pony that I ended up finding for my daughter was actually free, but she came with health issues. So she has Cushing's disease, which is um, basically kind of like, sort of like human diabetes to some extent, where um, she has to take a daily medication to help her with that. So that's about a $100 a month cost or so for that medication. So even though the pony was free and she is a retired show pony, so she's really well schooled, she's bomb proof, she's so patient, she's the best thing ever. If you've been on my YouTube channel, every so often I'll do a video with Evelyn and her pony kind of sharing what they're doing in farm adventures and stuff like that and you can see her little saint of the pony. She's just, she really is an, an absolute gem. But it means that I have a cost there of $100 a month, so that's you know $1,200 a year that I'm paying for this pony. So you have to kind of factor that all in. But to me, that was worth it because the pony was exactly what I need for my daughter and uh, for my future kids too. I've got a three-week-old baby, baby Melina, and so the she'll be riding the pony as well and uh, we'll hopefully get you know many years together. So that was something that I really had to consider, but for me, my priority being the trainability aspect, that's what kind of came to the forefront of what was important. And then I've had other horses, for example, where I've um, vet checked them and they've been healthy and I've only really cared about their health because I wanted to train them for higher level things and I'll give you an example so my current horse for the thoroughbred makeover Alicia when I went to buy her she uh, was an off the track racehorse just three years old so she hadn't really had a whole lot of you know training yet or race training no injuries or anything like that but the day that I was going to have the the deal kind of go through she ended up with a puncture wound and she had a puncture wound in her um, leg and the vet that came to see her didn't x-ray, but thought, you know, it's just a puncture wound, no big deal. Luckily, when she came home, even though my vet uh, found a sequestrum and she actually needed to have surgery to have that removed, she's completely sound, no hindrance on her, prog like her prognosis is like 100%, no issues whatsoever. And her trainability was such that she didn't really have any training other than race training so that's why her price was kind of reasonable and health wise was in like perfect health so to speak for a thoroughbred other than taking that chance on that puncture wound which ended up being no big issue which for those of you guys that have considered getting horse insurance but didn't get it I did have the additional horse insurance for accidental life-saving surgery or I forget the exact term for it but because the surgery was needed for the sequestrum it was covered 
buy the insurance, I just had to pay the deductible. So that, for me, that one surgery paying my insurance monthly, or sorry, my yearly fee that I pay for my insurance was all worth it there and, and it was all covered. So even though she ended up needing surgery, not the end of the world, it was uh, mostly covered and her prognosis is perfect and totally fine for her future. So that was okay. So that was a different example where to me, health was actually the number one kind of priority. Trainability didn't matter and price also mattered to a certain extent because I didn't want to spend an arm and a leg on a horse off the track that I had no idea if it was going to want to do the things that I wanted to do because you just don't know. And so I want to give you guys an example about that, about trainability to start with, that there are no guarantees. And you might buy a young horse who's healthy and think, oh, I'm just going to have it trained for what I want them to do, but you don't know what they're going to be good at. And so earlier this year, and I have the videos of these horses posted on our YouTube channel, is I had four four-year-old horses that I purchased, hoping that at least one of them would be a good lesson horse candidate. And that's what I was primarily purchasing for and wanting uh, to plan for. So I had four horses that we purchased and only one of them ended up being a good lesson horse candidate. So the four different horses, one was Pebbles and she was a sweetheart. I really was hoping for her to work out as a lesson horse. She never did anything bad, never reared, bucked, anything like that. She was just a total gem. But the reason why we didn't keep her as a lesson horse is her canner was very fast and unbalanced. And although you can train that with time and consistency, we were looking for a horse for beginners that could kind of teach kids how to canner. And we didn't feel we had the time to be able to you know, spend all of those hours to teach her how to go slower and more collected. And uh, she was she was more finer built, so she couldn't necessarily carry the variety of students that the other horses could do, uh, which we knew when we we purchased her. But combined with the fact that she didn't have the the canner that we were looking for and the balance, the natural balance we were looking for, we felt it was best to just let her find a different home. So she ended up going to a trail riding home, who absolutely adore her, and they're just a great match. And uh, the the next one, uh, Sugar, we were training. I so wanted her to work out. She was absolutely stunning. And uh, she was a sweetheart and you know she was very tolerant, very forgiving. But she was a naturally forward horse that uh, had a big stride, naturally going, and enjoyed contact. And so I ended up finding her a dressage home which is perfect for it because that's what you want for dressages. You want a horse that's got some go, that's responsive like that, and that enjoys kind of coming into your hand and, and having that contact, which Sugar very much was all about. And for a beginner lesson program, not really what we're looking for. We need a horse that's okay having a totally loose rein and, and not needing kind of that guidance. Same thing for one of the other four-year-olds named Cookie. She was a horse that was very naturally talented, really agile, swapped her leads really well, really cute little jump, lots of natural ability. But she tended to take her confidence from the rider and tended to be a little bit more lucky at things. And for a program like ours where we get really little kids, like we have a, a program where we introduce kids to riding and we have uh, lots of little people and lots of new beginners and people that we help them with their confidence 
So Cookie wasn't going to be able to have the variety of students that we were looking for at our farm. So not really suitable for what we're looking at. And then Asha is a horse that we ended up keeping as a lesson horse. And in the beginning when we were training her, you wouldn't necessarily know that because she was a little bit more jumpy in the beginning. She bucked a couple of times during learning how to canter. But once she realized that we weren't going to hurt her and that learning was fun, she really came around and kind of turned a different leaf, so to speak, where she had this beautiful flowy slow lovely canter loves riding on a loose rein doesn't try to run off or doesn't get unbalanced and start to go faster or anything like that and now is really confident and great with all of our obstacles and everything going on at the farm so she's the horse we ended up keeping as a lesson horse so I purchased four horses hoping to find one that would make a great lesson horse candidate and we found one but it took four to find the one and you just don't know what they're gonna be well suited for until you start training them. And sometimes people free jump horses to get an idea of their jump ahead of time, and sometimes people don't, and it's really a gamble. You just don't know what a horse is gonna be great at. It's always better to buy a horse that's naturally inclined to do the things that you wanna do rather than trying to force them to be something they're not. You can always work on the skills that a horse isn't good at and you can always try to help them and develop them. But if you're looking for a particular discipline or you're looking to go high level in a particular discipline, then it's much better to assess that horse and, and know that they're well suited for what you want to do ahead of time. We actually just had a couple horses come in for training that the owner said, you know, get them started under saddle. And then if you get them started over fences, that'd be great. And both of these horses don't have a lot of natural ability when it comes to jumping. They tend to knock the rails. They tend to not be straight. They don't tend to have a lot of desire to want to go over the jump. And so training these horses to be jumpers might be possible but it's going to be a lot more challenging than if you take a horse that already has that little bit of natural wanting to go pick up their knees and is coordinated over the jumps but it takes time to teach those horses the skills so you don't want to make assumptions you definitely want to see through the training and, and give those horses a chance I had another example of uh, a client that was buying a horse for their their son and they didn't want to buy a small little pony because their child was going to outgrow it relatively soon, like in the next couple of years. So they ended up buying a horse that they could kind of grow with. And the issue with that is that if you know your child falls off of a really tall horse, they can really scare themselves, which ended up happening to this child. Not necessarily that the horse did anything bad, but just things happen sometimes. And in that scenario they probably would have been better off just getting the smaller horse so that way the child could keep up their confidence so you really want to be careful that you're really choosing what's most important to you and try not to compromise on that for the thing that's really important to you but the other pieces be willing to compromise be willing to be flexible and know that there are no guarantees so just a couple stories for you guys about soundness because there's no guarantee on soundness whatsoever. And even if you do a, a full vet check and a full set of x-rays, there's still no guarantees. I'll never forget, uh, I had this one horse named Canterbury. Amazing horse, like sweet horse, jumped anything, absolute gem. 
and I sold her and it was less than a year later they messaged me just to let me know that she had gone out in her field and she had dropped dead because they did an autopsy and they found out that she had had a brain aneurysm and there's no way that we could have predicted that that would have happened. She was a, a relatively young horse too, just in her, I believe her early teens, like I think 13, and that happened. So no guarantee whatsoever. Nobody could have known that was gonna happen. And yet it did. Uh, another example of when I sold a horse to a client, she um, actually was a student and the horse wasn't even for sale. She just really wanted the horse. And so after a couple months, we worked out a deal. She took the horse home. And a few months later, the horse ended up being lame. And after they did some x-rays, they were able to find that the horse had some arthritic changes and would need surgery to fuse that joint for the horse to be able to have some soundness and some relief. And you know, they were a little upset with me and wanted me to kind of pay for the surgery and pay for everything. And I said, well, no, like horses aren't like Walmart where if you know you purchase them you can you know if something breaks you can take them back or you can expect a refund or things like that it doesn't work that way because uh, whenever you take on a horse you're going to have those bills and those unexpected things come up and you can't put those guarantees on uh, horses because you just don't know and unless you're going to do full body x-rays on all the horses and even still you don't really know what's going to affect a horse some horses can have some pretty ugly looking x-rays and they're sound and they're just fine and then you have other horses where their x-rays don't look that bad but the horse is experiencing a lot of pain so it's really really hard to know and in this particular instance the horse was pretty young I think it was only five at the time so there's no real reason to think that there would be anything wrong with her or anything kind of up and coming so it's just a really unfortunate situation and it and it goes both ways where in that instance I had sold the horse and then she went lame a, a couple months later and finding kind of that really unfortunate diagnosis and then it goes the other way where you know I purchased Alicia and she comes home and the first thing she needs is surgery for that sequestrum uh, luckily I had horse insurance so it was covered and so now I'm a pretty big believer in having that insurance because you just never know when it's going to help out and for me in that instance it was a real lifesaver to know that that was already covered and there's lots of examples like that where you buy horses and things happen or you realize little health issues later. So getting a vet check is never a bad idea, but there isn't always time to get one. And a lot of the times I, um, I don't bother vet checking my horses unless there's kind of a known issue or there's something that looks a little bit funny, like if they have a big knee or something, then we'll x-ray that to just kind of double check and see what it is. Otherwise, I don't tend to go looking for issues because nobody's really perfect and there are so many joints in the horse, even if you're just looking at the legs between the knees and the hocks and the hooves and everything, there's just a lot to look at. So you can, you can end up spending as much on the horse as you do on x-rays if you're going to do everything and that just isn't plausible in most situations. So you never really know. And there, again, there's no guarantee. I'll uh, never forget too, there was one thoroughbred that I had purchased and right from the racetrack. And when I went down to pick him up, one of the first things I noticed was that he had a cloudy eye. And it turned out that he had 
kind of an ulcer that had healed on his eye. So the vet described it as it would have been like looking through a shower door, like kind of a foggy shower door where he could kind of see, but not really see, like not see crisp and clear. And the only way that I think it affected him is when we were doing obstacles, if I was asking him to step down from things, that seemed to be more difficult for him. And I wonder if it had to do with his depth perception related to that cloudy eye. And uh, that was a horse that I didn't vet check. And one of the first things I noticed when I picked him up and had the vet look at him as soon as we, we got him home. I've also had a horse that I picked up that turned out to have extra teeth. Well, that was a bit of a surprise. And again, didn't really affect the horse. Just meant that we had to float his teeth more often. So that way the extra teeth didn't interfere with the rest of his mouth. So I've definitely had some pretty interesting experiences. Now, one little word of caution or a tip for you guys, if you are buying horses off the internet, because that seems to be the way of the future, I do virtually all of my horse shopping on Facebook. And uh, I always want to make sure that I know the person that I'm buying from or somebody else has purchased from them or can vouch for them. If it's somebody that I don't know and I don't know anybody who knows them, then I usually don't send money for the horse. I want to go and see them and make sure they really do exist. Or I'll send a vet out. I'll say, do you have a vet in the area? And I'll get the vet to go out and verify the height of the horse and the age of the horse at a bare minimum and can pay for that assessment fee before sending any money over because there are so many scams out these days so if you can't get out and see a horse you can always send a vet out and at the very least they can confirm age and height because those seem to be two things that people potentially lie about the most and it does happen a lot of the people are pretty honest and I've had good experience buying buying horses sight unseen from long distances as well I'm from Ontario Canada and I've bought horses out in Maryland and Kentucky and Uh, Michigan like all over the place in Florida and you just don't know but I try to have somebody that can uh, vouch for them so for example when I bought shiny who is my little APHA so American Paint Horse Association mare that I'm training for the futurity for EXCA for worlds when I went to buy her she was only two years old when I bought her or uh, three years old I think she was two turning three and she was in Florida. I wasn't going to go down and see her first, but I had a mutual friend who knew the person that was selling her and could vouch for them. So I did send the money without seeing her first, but I had a real person who knew who they were. They could say like, yeah, this person's legit. Like they're a real person. You can deal with them. And that makes things a lot better because there's lots of scams where there'll be a horse and then they'll give you a fake address for where to go pick up the horse. And really they've just taken your money, whether it be the deposit or if you sent the full amount and they've just taken it from you. So you have to be really, really careful. Either know somebody who knows that person so you know they're legit or wait until you actually go out and see the horse or if that's not possible, call up a vet that's in the area and have them go out and verify that the horse exists and you can get them to double check height and age. Because I've definitely gone to go get my 16 hand horse that I've purchased to find out that they're actually 15 too or uh, even with shiny I didn't actually get the vet to double check the height when they came out and I believe she was sold to me as like a 14 two hand horse and when I brought her home I think she was only 13 two or like 13 three now she's grown a little bit since then so she is a large pony 
but uh, you know that can always be a bit of a shocker and it's a pretty easy thing for a vet to do gives you a a real life uh, tip that you can use instead so I hope you guys enjoyed all of these tips related to buying horses whether you're looking to buy or you know somebody looking to buy or just found it interesting to hear about the triangle of price health and trainability and as well remembering that there are no guarantees when it comes to horses whatsoever so I want to thank you guys for listening and being here today and hope you guys enjoyed that Thanks for listening to Horse Happenings with myself, Lindsay Partridge. Remember, you can always check out more great free resources and other information at HarmonyHorsemanship.com or check me out on my personal website, LindsayPartridge.com. That's Lindsay with an E, Partridge.com or HarmonyHorsemanship.com. Thanks so much for listening and bye for now.